0: Hello and welcome to episode number 8, season 2 of the Felsafe Fitness Podcast. My name is Michael Joshua. I am the owner and director of Felsafe Fitness. Welcome to the show. If you've been here before, you'll know the drill by now. We're going to do a little bit of promotion. I'm going to tell you what's been going on on the blog site. I'm going to tell you an exercise of the week or exercise of the week as the case may be this week. We've got a little bit of nutrition information and a few things that I think people need to know, the two main groups of nutrition. Um, And of course, the golf side of things. Everybody knows that in 2023, I am putting my efforts from strength and conditioning and personal training into golf performance. And if you want to learn or you want to come and join me at any of my sessions, then all the information is available in the blog post and also available in the show notes in the show description. So what have I been up to this week? Um, it's been a an on-off week. There's been a little bit of rain, a little bit of sunshine. And as always, I'm also a greenkeeper at the golf club. I'm the golf performance coach for, so... I basically this weekend I spent a lot of hours on a mower getting everything cut down. Hopefully we will be open by the end of this week. Which also more info on that coming up very very soon. I've been playing pretty well. I finished ninth at Southern Hills on the R10. Didn't play very well apparently it must be a bit of a tough golf course because I was 18 over and finished ninth. so I don't know whether there was not a lot of scores in yet or not a lot of scores are registered but I'll take it, it'll do thank you very much and that's about it really I've just been doing some normal paperwork stuff some new clients have come in this week uh, we did a a beginner session for them I've got a couple of nutrition clients on the go. They're they're working through through some things. They've found that they've they're missing a couple of bits here and there, and it's it's all been good. It's all been very good. It's been a very fun week, and hopefully, very very soon, I'll be able to see some more of you beautiful people at Himley Hall Golf Club in the West Midlands uh, as a performance coach. Sunday the 21st, guaranteed Sunday 21st is the very, 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 very first short game Sundays with me at the golf club. So 11am, £5 a head, it'll, it'll be somewhere between the 60 and 90 minute mark. So from about 11am 11, 11 through till about 12, half 12, I'm going to take a uh, maximum of 12 people to come and do a little bit of a a short game session with me and that'll be going forward every Sunday at 11 a.m. Starting from the 21st of this month. And that's been my week. Just been putting some posters up, mowing some grass and hopefully improving my own golf game as well as everybody else's. And on that note, Before we get fully into the show, because this month has been a little bit of a washout in terms of weather, I am going to be extending, that's right, you heard it here first, extending the 3 for 2 promotion. So, if you've not listened before, or this is the first podcast you've listened to, in January I did a 3 for 2 promotion. And throughout this month I've done 3 for 2, but obviously Golf Performance has I had to take a back seat because the golf club wasn't open. So, three for two promotion, maximum of three purchases. They all have to be pre purchased, there's no pay as you go scenario in the three for two. So, it's normally £20 a session for golf performance under the age of 65. 16 to 65 is £20 a session. Uh, three for two paid up front, £40. You can have a maximum of six, that's £120 for nine lessons of golf performance. And we can make them about whatever you need them to be, whether that be short game, approach, gameplay, how you approach a golf course, course management, whatever it may be. We can do that for you as a six for nine, three for two promotion, paid in advance And you get a full 90 days. That's three months to use those nine lessons. I am extending that for the golfers. Right until the 1st of July 2023. So you've got another six weeks to grab yourself the promotion. So that's all for the rest of June. All the way through to what is essentially my birthday. The 1st of July If you're a golf performance coach, you still have two weeks to grab or just over two weeks to grab your three for two on your personal training and your nutrition and weight management. That is also on three for two right up until the first of June. So that's the information I wanted to get out. Also, as well, if you are a golfer and you do want to come. The first 20 people to book in and actually partake in their listens. I do have about half of these are already gone. So there's only about 10 spots left. You may have seen my Instagram or Facebook or TikTok post. There is a little welcome pack. There's a nice poker chip ball marker. There's a divot repair tool and pencil. And there's also a groove brush which can also be used as a ball marker, all three of those things valued at around £5 are going to be free to the first 20 people who turn up and take their lessons with me at Himyall Golf Club. So the first 20 people who take their lessons, come up, show up, play, do their lesson, will get that little welcome pack. It's worth about 5 quid, So you're getting £5 quids worth of stuff that you can use for the rest of your life. Also, everyone who does partake in a session for the next five months, I have five pure putt trainers to give away. So everybody who takes a lesson a golf performance and everybody who comes to the Sunday morning short game Sundays, well, their names will go into a hat. So if you have lessons and you come on a Sunday, you will get an opportunity to win a pressure pot trainer worth about 20 quid. It's going to improve your golf and improve your putting. You can do it anywhere in your hall, in your kitchen. You can just putt anywhere with it. It'll fold up. You can take it with you to the golf course. <clears throat> I have five of these to give away over the next five months And anyone who comes to Short Game Sundays or books a lesson. The names will go in the hat. I will do the draw live. And we'll pick a winner. So that's the information I wanted to get out there. That's what I've been up to this week. And what we're going to get into this week. (coughs) Is uh, rotational exercise. Now as a golf performance coach as a strength and conditioning coach, I've always found that rotational exercises are very taxing on the body, but they also make the body work. They, they help with core strength, stability, and just improve posture and everyday way of life. So I just wanted to mention that if you're in the gym at the minute and you're just doing you know, squats, deadlifts, you know, bench press, dumbbell curls, shoulder raises, you're not really doing anything rotationally to help strengthen that core, then here are a few exercises I just wanted to get out there to help you. Because trust me, by increasing your core strength, it's also going to give you the ability to pick more of that weight up. But it's also going to help you... Maintain a stable spine and a neutral spine through your exercises and your everyday life. So things such as uh, cable wood chops, seated Russian twists, either with a med ball or a kettlebell or even a dumbbell, you can do that. You can do a planked kettlebell pull through. So take the plank position, put the kettlebell about half an arm's length away, on the one side, drag it through to the other, and then repeat that. Do about 20 reps of that, two or three sets. So the core's working as well as having to rotate to pull that kettlebell through. Cable rotation, so you can stand there, set that cable to shoulder height, and you can rotate it. This is a great exercise with it, with a band as well. If you're a golfer or you have a short, you know, you want to work on some swing speed, the cable rotations or banded rotations are going to really help you get the feeling of tension in that core. So then, when you deliver a golf club through the ball, you're going to think about that and you're going to hit the shots longer. I know it's definitely working for me. And then, of course, you've got slam balls or wall balls and throwing them against a, a wall at speed and either catching it or letting it drop doing you know sets of 10 12 15 of those each side is going to help build in again for golfers and tennis players or cricketers out there is going to help you build some rotational speed you know to hit the golf ball the tennis ball or a cricket ball a lot harder so benefits of rotational exercise is the fact obviously you're working your core through a range of motion that If you're just in in the gym doing static lifts, you may feel a little bit of tension in your back or a little bit of tension in, in your core because you're not really, maybe not engaging it correctly. So these rotational exercises are going to help you build some extra strength and extra core stability. So when you're doing general things in daily life or working out or playing sports, it's going to improve your... Efficiency and your capability to do your everyday things and the things that you enjoy the most, such as playing golf. So rotational exercises, everybody, go and try some of those. So you've got some cable wood chops, some seated twists with a dumbbell or kettlebell, or even a slam ball or med ball. Uh, planked uh, kettlebell pull-throughs. You've got some cable rotations, and then slam or wall balls, just throwing them in against a wall. And either catching them or picking it back up and throwing it again, just to help you get some rotational speed, is definitely going to. You're going to see some differences in your training, and hopefully some differences in your whatever sport you're playing. And those, that's your exercise of the week, ladies and gents. Some rotational exercises there for you to go and try and add to your program. Moving into nutrition this week, and I've had a, a few new clients, and they're a little... The information out there is very bamboozling. Again, Failsafe Fitness blog at com. Go to the blog section. Link is in the description. There are introductory guides, idiot guides, beginner's guides to Your nutrition, you know, fats, carbs, proteins, micronutrients, and, of course, some training and exercise. So go and have a take a look at those. But I just wanted to get into it because a lot of people go, what's the difference between micros and macros? And simplicity is macronutrients are the nutrients that we need in larger quantities to provide us with energy. In other words, fats, proteins and carbohydrates are the three kind of big ones that everybody talks about. But there are actually other parts to that. So cholesterol, fibre and water are also part of the macronutrient family. But the three ones we we need to concentrate on are carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. So obviously, carbohydrates, it's uh, four calories per gram, protein is four calories per gram, and fat is nine calories per gram. And you've probably heard me say this before, and a 50%, 30%, 20% split, so 50 carbs, 30 protein, 20 fat, for me is a brilliant way to live your life because you're going to get enough protein to recover from the gym. You're going to eat enough carbs to get your energy. And that 20% fat is more than enough to absorb the essential micronutrients that you need to intake as well. So obviously, you know, macronutrients—they're the largest, larger things that we eat. You know, chicken, fish, vegetables, rice—they're all carbohydrate or fiber-based, etc., etc. They all give you energy, <coughs> and this energy is needed by your body to function. So you shouldn't really exclude or seriously restrict any of them. When someone says, Oh I'm going keto. No, yeah, really. I mean protein and fat is great, but if you're having a high fat diet, you're gonna clog your arteries. And if you don't have enough carbohydrates, you're gonna feel like crap and you're gonna be low on energy. So you've got to be very careful on what you do and how long you do it for. Because if you I mean if you don't intake any fat, oh I'm cutting fat out of my diet and you don't intake enough fat, you can't your body can't absorb A, D, E, and K, which are all micronutrients, but they're all vitamins we've all heard of, vitamin A, D, E, and K. They're all vitamins that you, your body requires to function. So if you don't have enough fat in your diet, you can be seriously <laughs> you know, diluting down those vitamins and you can cause yourself some serious harm so macronutrients carbohydrates proteins fats and also water cholesterol and fiber are all the big ones you need to take notice of carbs proteins and fats mainly but if you get enough fruits and veg in you'll get enough fiber and obviously water you can ingest through pretty much most things that you drink micronutrients on the other hand Micronutrients are the vitamins and minerals that your body requires in small amounts, but their impact on your life and impact on your body's health are critical. Any deficiency of some of those can cause severe life threatening events. As I said, if you don't take intake enough fat, you don't have enough fats to Ingest A, D, E and K so those five vitamins are gone out of your diet because your body doesn't have enough fat content to absorb they're, they're absorbed or you know, via fat cells so if you don't have any fat in your diet they can't be absorbed they can't break down you don't break them down you don't absorb those minerals and those minerals are very very important for the function of your body daily You know, so micronutrients are often referred to as vitamins and minerals. The exception of vitamin D, micronutrients are not produced by the body, but must be derived from your diet. So again, A, D, E, K, vitamins, B. You see a lot of energy drinks with, a, with a B, B6, B B12 in. They help promote uh, use of other parts of the carb- breakdown of carbohydrates, etc., You know, so micro and macronutrients, they're very, very different. Macros are the big ones, so proteins, fats, and carbs. And micro are all your vitamins and minerals, which if you eat a very colorful diet in terms of fruit and veg, you know, pineapples, kiwis, apples, broccoli, cauliflower, cucumbers, strawberries, all those beautiful, wonderful vegetables that are out there, If you are taking on board, you know, four to 800 grams a day of those vegetables, you're more than likely getting enough micronutrients. And if you're looking to lose weight, you're probably looking at more at balancing the proteins, fats and carbs in your diet rather than looking at those that end of the scale. Because if you look after the big things, the little things tend to take care of themselves. So I just wanted to clear that up, so the two main groups of nutrition are macro and micronutrients. so macros are the big things the proteins, fats, and carbs that you see every day, and obviously um water and fiber <clears throat> fiber essential again for you know transport of of things through your body and non-soluble fiber obviously will help you poop Micronutrients are the things that are contained in those foods. There's proteins, fats, and carbs, and also your fruits and veggies that you you take on board. And if you're not getting enough fruit and veg, I recommend at least four to six hundred grams a day, if not six to eight hundred grams a day. If you're starting a new diet, if you can get six or eight hundred grams, six to eight, six hundred to eight hundred grams of fruit and veg a day in your diet which is, you know, it's a couple of apples, a couple of bananas and a, and a nice meal and a and broccoli and, and thing, carrots, things like that. You can definitely fit that in. Snacking-wise, instead of crisps, you can have carrot sticks and some, you know, plum tomatoes or cherry tomatoes, things like that. You can swap things in and out. Try some new things. If you've never tried a kiwi before or you've never had any you know passion fruits things like that you can add those into your diet try them in as a little snack at lunch or as a fruit salad after tea you can definitely add those micronutrients in without even having to think too much about it and you're getting some extra fiber as well so that's what i wanted to to make clear there are you know Macronutrients are the one you want to when you first start a diet, the ones you want to be looking to control, and then micronutrients. After three or four weeks, you've got your diet under control. If there's any deficiencies, you can add things in. But again, like I say, if you control the big things and you're having a very colourful diet, then more than likely your micronutrients won't have a problem. Talking about the blog. As I was earlier this week's blog is a little bit personal to me but also it's going to be very interesting for people to go and have a read so it's called over 40s training and staying functional now I'm 45 this year I've had a couple of lazy years due to Covid I think everybody did by not going to work and gyms not being open, I had no excuse. I had a gym in the house and still didn't do it. I was too busy trying to earn a living than going to the gym. I was doing probably five, four, five, six days a week. And that one day off was spent playing golf for my enjoyment, not teaching it or working as a greenkeeper or working as a, as a retail assistant while all the gyms were shut. So I had no excuse, but, you know, things like life gets in the way. So what I've done with this blog post is basically explain to you some of the reasons why and how you should train over the age of 40. I mean, I'm not an elite athlete. I'm just a guy on the, the, you know, I'm on the precipice of middle age who enjoys to play golf and the occasional gym session. If I can put my, push myself to the limit in the gym a couple of times a week, and get a couple of you know a couple of nines or a couple of eighteens in a week as well, on top of that, and I still have the energy to crawl around and do all the rest of life, then I'm very very happy. So go and have a read. There's some things about being able to periodize your training, emphasis on recovery, because as we get a little bit older, it does get a little bit harder to recover. Um, trying out some new things and then trying out things a little bit easier or harder, how to eat to maintain your muscle, Um, looking after some of the small stuff, learning some new skills, also running without pain. Not for everybody. I'm not a big runner. Um, I've never been too tall. I'm quite short. So I'm, I'm built for picking stuff up. But I'm not built for making it go very fast. I mean, being a golf coach now, I'm I'm still kind of small to get club head speed, and I was I was lingering around the 90 mile an hour mark towards the end of last year. So now I'm lingering just above the 100 mile an hour mark. So the work I've put in in the gym with the rotational exercise and just some physical exercise, along with some specific training for the sport that I do. I've managed to kind of get a swing that's 97, 98 mile an hour on average, and I can get one out there at 102, 103, 104 miles an hour. Uh, I mean, today I I played at Southern Hills on the PGA on the R10, and like I say, managed to get uh, an average of 101 miles an hour with the driver, so And that's just a normal swing speed. So I think I got another three or four miles an hour in there. So, you know, being able to learn new things and challenge yourself with some different ideas on training without pounding yourself in the gym every week is going to be very interesting. It's a great little read. It'll take you about half an hour. Uh, And obviously running without pain. There are many different things, but there's an idea on there that I took from somebody else. Go and have a read. There's also a basic plan. So there's a three day plan, similar to what I do myself personally. So there's a a week's plan with three days on there. Go and take a look at it, go and have a read. You might uh, learn something new or find something useful. And of course, talking about golf. This is something that I've come across recently. I've had several of the clients come in. They've either got a set of golf clubs they've had for years or they've been handed some golf clubs. Um, and this is a little, kind of a little buyer's guide, shall we say. Um, so, <coughs> golf tip of the week is my three-step guide to buying golf clubs if you've just started. Now, when I say just started, I mean literally you've been to the driving range half a dozen times. You may have even played some pitch and putt. You may have even played around with your mates with a a, a rented set or a borrowed set of golf clubs. And so this little mini guide of three steps is for you. If you're that person who's only been to the driving range half a dozen times, you've only played a couple of rounds of neither 9 or 18 holes, but you're enjoying the sport and you want to get yourself a set of golf clubs. What I recommend, and it's probably not great, but what I recommend is go and get yourself a fit. Go and take a look at the golf clubs that are available. So in that fitting, you can... Hit some golf clubs, you can see how they perform. Whether you're going to compare them to the set that you've already got or compare them to a set that you don't have, you can still go. You can still hit the clubs. The ones, the nice shiny shinies, we all do it. As a golfer, new things come out every year, and we all go, I want that Paradigm driver, I want that Tournament Stealth driver, because it looks nice, bright, shiny. They're beautiful things. But they're also very expensive. So if you can go and get yourself a fit somewhere like an American golf where there's no obligation to buy, you can go and take a look at the shiny, shiny things you want to take a look at. You can hit them and see how you feel, whether you like graphite, whether you like steel, whether you like a a stiff shaft or a light shaft or a whippy shaft. You can take that opportunity to pick through what you like. What I recommend is when you go to that fit is you write down what you like. Whether it's a regular flex steel shaft or a stiff flex graphite shaft or a certain brand that resonated with you like Cobra or Callaway or TaylorMade. And you can write those those down. Film your recording if you have to. But write down each club that you had each shaft that you tested, what angle you had them at. So when you walk away from that fitting, unless you're going to buy something there and then, you can walk out of that fitting knowing what you like and look for something similar. So go and get yourself a fit. Write everything down that you try. Exit out if you don't like it. ticket it if you do. So that's going to give you an idea of what clubs that you do like and clubs that you don't like. The second part is Whatever clubs you get, I would recommend that they are forgiving. Because when you first start playing golf, you're hitting it all over the face. I still hit it all over the face now. And I've been back in the sport for four years, I've played off scratch. I'm a thirteen handicapper. I'm I can be very toey with my irons, I can be very toey or heely with my driver. So you can imagine the ball flights are going to be very different. (coughs) (coughs) When I'm consistently hitting it in a certain spot, I can learn to live with it. And that's how I'll play for the day. But when you're learning as as a complete beginner, you're going to see that going left and right and up and down and low and high and short and long. So, you need a set of clubs that is going to be A, forgiving, but B, maybe you'll grow into. So, I don't recommend going out and buying everything X Flex. So, super stiff rebar, and you, you can't, it's like swinging a barbell at a golf ball. So, you don't, you don't want that. You know, stiff graphite, may, which, because it's quite light, it's still going to give you some clubhead speed. All regular flex steel is going to give you the ability to, to just feel how the clubs the, the ball's coming off the club face. And it's also probably, if you're starting off quite slow at 50, 60 mile an hour uh, with irons, you know, by the time the end of the year comes, you might be up to 70, 80, 90 miles an hour, which means you might need you know, stiff or X-Flex irons. So the clubs that you buy, you need some room to grow. And the advice in terms of groom to grow is don't buy irons that are older than a decade and don't buy woods that are more than five years old. Putters don't matter. Putter is a very specific part of the bag. It's whatever floats your boat. If you want a bladed putter made by Scotty Cameron and it costs £1,000, go get one. Lock yourself out. Feel free. Your money. If you want a 10 quid ping putter with a knackered grip and a dinged head but you love it again your choice but irons for a beginner if you can get a cheap set of irons for about 120 to 150 quid you've had a bargain especially if they're brand new my irons personally are now 140 pounds brand new and i paid a 200 last year uh not big brand they're just hippos you can get them off ebay or direct from hippo themselves And, like I say, you don't want to be spending thousands of pounds at American Golf when you're just starting. Or, you know, you can get into the two or three thousand pound mark with a new driver, new irons, new woods, new bag, new trolley. You're looking at two grand. You don't want to do that. Two or three hundred quid package sets for 280, 350 quid are out there. Uh, expect higher end ones in terms of the Cobra and Callaway for about five or six hundred quid are very functional, very cheap. You may need to replace the drivers and woods at some point, but the irons and the low end of the bag are very functional. You might keep them for a while, a couple of years. So, yeah, go and get yourself a fit, and then the second thing is go and buy yourself something that is forgiving that you're either going to grow into or you're gonna be able to learn from. The third piece of advice in terms of equipment for a beginner is you're gonna lose some golf balls. And what a lot of, what I've seen from a couple of my clients personally is they've gone straight out and bought Titleist Pro V1, you know, Bridgestone Tour B, X because Tiger uses it, or every you know, etc. etc. They've gone for Telemate TP5, so that their choice in golf balls they've got a 200 quid set of golf clubs, but they're using 200 pounds worth of golf balls a month because they're losing those Pro V1s and their 2BXs and the TP5s. They're in the water, they're in the lake, they're in the trees, and this is the side of the sport that you get sold on. These are the best irons. These are the best golf balls. These are the best, best of best of the best of the best. And it's bullcrap. crap. They're the best of the best of the best because the best of the best get paid a lot of money to play the best equipment. And they make the decision on how much, some of it is based on the decision of, well, would anybody really be playing Bridgestone golf balls now if Tiger Woods didn't play them? Because a few years ago, nobody gave a toss. Nobody cared about Bridgestone. Bridgestone were doing all right. They got a couple of tour pros, but their golf balls weren't anything special. They were just 10 or 15 quid cheaper than Pro V1s. But now Tiger's using them and getting 10 million a year off, off Bridgestone. The balls have now suddenly gone from sort of 30 and 35 pounds to 35 and 40 and 45 pound a box. And who's to blame for that? tiger woods because he's taking 10 million a year out of the company and you're having to pay for it so what I recommend golf balls wise is either you go and get yourself some quality grade a lake balls no no I know I've said in the past don't use them but if you're a complete beginner paying 25p 50p a golf ball you know, I've got some Vice drives I'm going to test out this year, and Vice tours and a couple of Vice pros that that are half the price. I mean, the Vice were 50p a golf ball. I think the pros were a pound a golf ball. So instead of paying, you know, and 30 and 40 pounds brand new, I'm, I get to try the golf balls a little bit cheaper price. So if I don't like them, I can give them away. And if I lose them, it doesn't matter. So... If you want new golf balls, then my recommendations are something like uh, a Strixon AD333. You've got the Tailor-Made Distance Plus, which are a beautiful... I love them. They're my winter golf ball. Tailor-Made Distance Plus are my winter golf ball now because they're a two-piece ball. They don't scuff very easily. They still create a bit of spin. And they're, they're a decent distance golf ball. And then you've got uh and 8333 or you've got the Wilson Duo. So those three golf balls are perfect for beginners if you want new and they're also perfect if you if you want to start at a very cheap level and have a semi decent two-piece golf ball that you're not bothered about losing because they've cost 25 30 50p a ball. But when you're paying 50 quid a dozen people tend to lose their way. And that's it. So go and get yourself a fit Buy yourself some golf clubs based on that fit. If you want to spend thousands, great if that's in your budget. If not, two or three hundred quid on a package set will get you going. And the most important thing about starting as a golfer is just playing. Because you might spend two and a half grand on a set of golf clubs that someone's recommended for you. Six months or twelve months down the line, you're going to do one of two things. You either, you don't like any of the golf clubs that are in your bag because your swing speed is much faster. Or you've only been to play about half a dozen times in the year and you've spent two and two and a half grand on something that's just sat in your garage. So just getting out there and getting playing, getting started as cheaply as you can and just enjoying golf with your mates. Get some lessons with a golf performance coach or golf pro and enjoy the sport. And that's pretty much it for me this week. I've gone a little bit deep into the golf, but I did say Season 2 was going to be more golf-orientated than Season 1. So a quick recap of the show then. Training Over 40 plan is up on the, part, on the blog right now. Go take a look. The 3-for-2 promotion in terms of golf performance at Himley Hall Golf Club is now extended till the 1st of July. Three for two, nine for six is a maximum. All have to be paid in advance and you get 90 days. That's three months to use your nine lessons from that. Three for two promotion is still on till the 1st of June if you want to be a personal training or a nutrition and weight management client. And also don't forget, first 20 people to take their lessons at Himley Hall Golf Club will get a free five pound welcome bonus of a poker chip ball marker, a divot tool and a groove brush. Along with, if you do take any lessons with me at Himney Hall, you will also, during those lessons and during the short game Sundays, your names will go into a hat to win yourself a pressure putt trainer. One a month from starting from June right the way through to the end of the year. Rotational exercise, people, go and get some done. Build that core strength, increase your swing speed, whether you be a golfer, a cricketer, or a tennis player, all these rotational exercises will make your core stronger, make your swings faster, your serves harder, and your shots over the boundary much better. Two groups of nutrition, main groups, are macros and micros. So your macros are your carbs, proteins, fats, fibre, water. And your micros are all your A, B, C, etc. like that. They're all those little nutrients that come in your food. Eat a colourful diet and eat a varied diet and you shouldn't have a problem getting either. And of course, golf equipment. Big one. If you're a beginner, go and get yourself a fit. Write down what you like. Write down uh, on what you don't like. Then go look for it. Don't buy anything over 10 years old in irons. Don't buy anything over a five, 5 or 6 years old maximum in terms of your woods. Putters, go for your life. And obviously, you're a beginner golfer. Don't go spending 3 grand on a set that's not going to suit you in 6 months. Or... The other way, you might spend the three grand and you might be sat in the garage for six months because you only play once a month. So the choice is up to you, but just be smart people about what you buy. And of course, being smart means also not spending a fortune on your golf balls because a couple of my clients have got a little bit angry with me about buying Pro V1s. Yes, they're the best golf ball on the planet. They advertise that and most pros do use them. But if you're spending 60 quid a dozen... And you've got a 20 plus handicap, I'd expect to lose at least two of those around. Can you honestly afford to lose a tenner's worth or 12 quid's worth of golf balls every round you play? Be smart about it, people. Don't spend all your money on your golf equipment. Just enjoy the sport. Spend your money on some lessons, get better, and then upgrade your equipment as your handicap drops. Thank you very much for listening. My name has been Michael Joshua. If you do want any information at all on any of what I've gone through today, blog posts and all the links are available in the podcast description. I hope you have a great week. And I'll be in your ears next week. Thank you very much. Have a good one, people. Bye, bye, bye.